Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm your other co-host, Donnie Cage. There he is, right on time. How we doing, sir? Doing great, sir. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Another day above ground. It's a Monday, so, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> a lot of uh, interesting stuff in the pro wrestling world uh, this weekend, so... Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Very good. Uh, so if this is your first time joining us, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. We are on all major platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on and on. Uh, Donnie, go ahead and talk a little bit about Uncaged Voices. Voice. There you go. Singular. You got it. <laughs> And you can also check out the Uncaged Voice podcast, which I co-host with with uh, Top Tier Brian and Jigsaw Jester on Twitch, and we also stream on YouTube as well. Fantastic. Also, for you people who like to stay up with uh, current events and the news and also like to enjoy special interviews, uh, you can check out the Red Pill Current News podcast. I uh, actually created and host that. Uh, we drop new episodes there every Wednesday and Saturday. We drop new episodes right here on this podcast, though, more importantly, right now, uh, every Monday and Friday, where we talk about pro wrestling, past, present, and future. Also, if you ever want to be a guest or have any questions, uh, remind me, Donnie, I actually have a question for you. I've got to put on the, I've got an answer in an email from a audience member. <laughs> I forgot all about it. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, just uh, remind me at the end of the show. Um, well, but, uh, but anyway, sorry about interrupting the show, folks. But, hey, the way my mind works these days, uh, I got to get it out or I'll forget it again. So, anyways, if you would like to be a guest yourself or have any questions for Donnie or myself, uh, you can always email us at Kentucky spelled out, Kentucky 99 at yahoo.com, Kentucky 99 at yahoo.com. All right, so we are going to start off the show with a brand new segment uh, that uh, actually Mr. Cage came up with called Fantasy Booking. And basically what this is is you can pick a superstar, a current superstar, and you can uh, make make your argument that if they were booked different in the promotion that they were in at that time, they could have been possibly a mega or at least a bigger star uh, than they were before they may still be with the company or, and uh, or they may be gone. Also uh, you can pick the booking, uh, the match in which you would like to see them face somebody different or turn out different. So uh, Donnie, I'll let you go ahead and start, sir. Uh, have at it. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, so I have a, uh... 
those those of you who may or may not know, I oh, I grew up a uh, a big Goldberg fan when I was when I was a kid. You know, he broke onto the scene in 1997, had that huge undefeated streak in WCW, which cemented his legacy in the wrestling business. We uh, he's had some questionable booking in the WWE, to say the least, especially during his first run from 2003 to 2004. And then he came back in 2016. I think they did a much better job booking him. The only thing I wish they hadn't done is after his match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 33, I do really wish the guy would have retired because as big of a fan as I am, he didn't need all these additional matches, even though I understand, hey, that's a big fat paycheck and it's very difficult to turn down. But let's turn the clock back to his WCW days. Now, if we all remember correctly, and this was the worst, one of the worst booking decisions in WCW history, in my opinion, and this might not have led to them going out of business. He faced Kevin Nash at Starcade 1998. All due respect to Big Sexy, he was not the guy who should have ended the streak. And the way I would have booked it if it was up to me is you still would have had that match. He could have had outside interference. You know, Scott Hall could have tried to get involved. Bam Bam Bigelow, the NWO, whoever. But Nash and Goldberg both basically knocked them all out because they want this to be a fair and square match. All is said and done. Goldberg gets hit with the jackknife powerbomb. He kicks out of it this time because he's hit fair and square with it. There's no, like, electric cattle prod that gets involved at some point and incapacitates him. Goldberg ends up turning the tie of the match and retains the title. And then this leads to an eventual match that's set up at the either the next pay-per-view or two or two months down the line where you get a triple threat match between Goldberg, Hollywood Hogan, and Kevin Nash. And the stipulation of that match is going to be if Goldberg pins either member, either, either Nash or Hogan, their respective uh, NWO brand has to, has to dissolve, meaning Nash gets pinned by Goldberg, NWO Wolfpack, dead, buried. Hogan gets, Hogan gets pinned, NWO Black and White, dead, buried. And and that's just kind of and that's just kind of the way it goes. And to me, this would have been a brilliant way to end the NWO storyline a lot earlier than it than it did. You could have avoided that whole finger poke of doom and having the two the the NWO black and white and and the Wolfpack reunite. And because because the storyline just got ridiculous at that point, and it made Goldberg look bad. It made Kevin Nash look bad. It made Hulk Hogan look bad. It did the company no favors. And you could have ended the NWO storyline, started fresh, still had Goldberg continuous streak. Eventually, it would have been ended. I, you know, it's hard for me to say who should have done it, but it would have been someone who, by beating Goldberg, that that would have just given them the biggest push and, and catapulted them into being a superstar. So, in my opinion, that was the biggest booking blunder in WCW history, and that's all I have to say about that. Well, um, I actually agree. I actually agree with you. I think uh, you had your facts spot on. Um, I was never a Goldberg fan, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, here's the thing. I was a huge NWO fan uh, until they just, what it, every, anybody could join. I mean, they took all kinds of members and they kind of just blew it out of proportion. Um, but you're absolutely right. I think that uh, uh, he should have won that match. It could have dissolved uh, probably the red uh, NWO, the Wolf Pack, they used to call it, uh, dissolve that one, and they needed to cater down. It may have actually saved uh, WCW because I tell you, not only the Polka Doom when Hogan uh, 
won the title back and uh nash just laid down for him uh that was starting that was the beginning of the end i think everybody can agree on that uh the next thing was when vince russo wrote the storyline for jeff jarrett to take the title from hogan and hogan goes in there puffed up like a big old baby and lays down in the middle of the ring that was truly signs of the time and uh Jared Penzum takes the title. Uh, so none of that. We could have avoided all that crap. And you're right. They might still be a business. So uh, good job, man. Good job. What do you have for us, Kentucky guy? All right. So uh, my my uh, my booking fantasy uh, is uh, Zack Ryder, a.k.a. Matt Cardona, when he was with the WWE. He had an 11-year run. Uh, with the WWE, and it's not so much as rebooking him, right? But the way they handled him was just, it was horrible. Uh, so finally, after X amount of years, uh, Zack Ryder, uh, Matt Cardona is his real name, and that's the name he goes by now, uh, he wins the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. Finally, 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 right? He's going to get the push. No. Uh uh-uh they can't do that creative at wwe on raw he loses it he drops the belt on the very next raw to a person who i am a fan of but there was no storyline there had been no feuding with the miz uh, at all uh he was just put in there to fight uh zach Ryder and to uh take the intercontinental title from him which made zero uh zero sense to me but I will tell you one thing. Uh, let's talk about the booking first, and then I'll talk a little bit more about him real quick. Uh, the booking should have went. He should have kept that title. I'm not saying till like, next WrestleMania or anything, but at least until maybe SummerSlam, the next big show. And him and John Cena had kind of a storyline going at that time because Cena was acting like he was pushing uh, Zack Ryder to, to the top to be a star. He was talking. He's the one that... Uh, acted like he got him the title shot for the Intercontinental. So Zach could have turned on him and uh, actually, uh, you know, you could have gave the belt to Cena. I don't care. Uh, but losing it right on Raw, right after winning it, it, it made him look like a joke and, and, and stupid. And here's why, uh, where I, it, this is how we know that the WWE made a horrible mistake. This year alone, since leaving, this year alone, 2022 since leaving the in uh the uh, wwe he has won and he had carried all these at the same time by the way the nwa world's heavyweight champion the 10 pounds of goat the internet champion i don't really count that one that's the one he made up uh the impact digital media champion that is a real title in in nywc heavyweight champion AIW Intense Champion and also for the uh, program uh, uh, AIW he was the Absolute Championship. Now he did have to relinquish all of these a couple months ago because he got injured but he just returned and earlier this month I think it was on September 3rd uh, he uh, returning from injury he was crowned the first ever wrestling showcase champion and has that title now. So, I mean, are we going to think that 
all these companies are wrong and WWE was right? I don't think so. Plus, he has this saying now that should motivate any independent wrestler, and I love it. It's, you don't have to be on WWE or AEW to become a superstar in the world of wrestling. And that's why he's my guy this week. Uh, I think he was way underrated by WWE and not given the opportunities he should have. And I think he's proved them wrong time and time again since he hasn't been with them. Your thoughts, sir? I, I agree basically with everything you said. Um, when he won the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania and lost it the next night, it confused the heck out of me. I was like, why would you wait this long to b- build this up to this moment and have him have this big WrestleMania moment only to snatch it away the next night? And yeah, we, we know that The Miz is one of the best heels in the business, but he didn't need the Intercontinental title at that particular time. If they wanted to have him win it from Ryder a few months down the line and they built a story up around it, then okay, I'll give you that. But there was no story here. It's just, let's build this guy up and then just take this away from him. And I can't get behind that at all. And Zack Ryder, I think, always was an underappreciated talent. He was somebody, especially in his early days, as the Long Island Ice Z man, he he got himself over on his own uh, internet show. And that's why the crowd started to go crazy for him. So the fact that he's now having this success in his career, that just goes to show you he's got a lot of will and determination. Yep, I agree. And, you know, he he broke the door down. I mean, let's be honest. Look how long ago he was doing, uh, you mentioned it, the YouTube channel and, and the Internet Championship. He, I mean, you have Sammy Guevara doing that now. You have all kinds of people. You have the elites doing it, uh, New Day. Everybody's doing it. He's the one for this wrestling generation that broke that door down. So, I mean, they really owe him that much as well. So, anyways, uh, I'm glad you you appreciate Zack Ryder because, uh, or Mac Mardona because uh, he's definitely worth it. So, let's, uh, so we're going to start off the episode this week again with a, uh, AEW uh, Rampage results. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, AEW kicked WWE's butt this week that just passed. I mean, they did. So they deserved to go first, in my opinion. So the first match on the card was the House of Black uh, versus Sting and Darby Allen. Uh, Sting uh, and Darby, uh, they win the match uh, due, and, uh, due to the great Muta <laughs> from uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, or he was, uh, he actually interfered. So here's my problem with this match. Not not just that Sting and Darby didn't need the win, uh, but they missed, in my opinion, a golden opportunity here. They should have had um, uh, the great Muda join Brody and Murphy, become their new leader, and rename the House of Black to something like, I don't know, like the Kabuki Club, like after his father, the great Kabuki. Uh, and I think they missed a golden opportunity. Now, since this match, there's several reports that Murphy's wanting to go. He's asking for his release, like Aleister Black did. We don't, nobody's confirmed that, uh, but there are several reports, and usually when there's smoke, there's fire. So, uh, your thoughts, sir, on the match? 
Well, I definitely marked out when the great Muda appeared because he so rarely appears on American television these days. And I know that he is in the midst of his retirement tour in Japan and, and I guess in a few select American promotions. It actually kind of makes me wonder if he's going to wrestle a match in AEW, but um, it was great to see him. And I wasn't entirely shocked that he helped Sting because the two of them, they have been at odds in the past, but they've also been allies at different points. So it didn't surprise me that he interfered on Sting and Darby Allen's behalf. And truth be told, based on the story that um, made the rounds afterwards, I'm not shocked that the House of Black ended up losing this match because if it's true that Buddy Matthews might be on his way out of AEW, well, I guess the, the, this was the time honor tradition where you got to put other talent over on your way out. Now, obviously, what that means is, is going to happen with Brody King now. Uh, who knows? Are they going to push him as a singles wrestler or is he going to be another guy that's going to be leaving AEW in the future? Um, it's really unfortunate. And I, I do agree with you with, with what you were saying that it would have been a nice twist if Great Muda came out and helped the House of Black. Um, but that wasn't in the cards, unfortunately. What do you think about uh, my idea of him becoming their new leader? I mean, he's definitely got the experience and the age to do it as well. I honestly hadn't even thought about it until you brought it up, but I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. I think it could work, especially considering the fact that he's very limited as to what he can do in the ring at this point. So you would want to obviously center it around Buddy Matthews and Brody King with Julia Hart in the background as well and and make him uh, more like a mentor to them. It wouldn't have been a bad idea. Yeah, that, that's what I, and I, I thought that's what they were going to do. I, I, I really did because I, I try to, when I'm watching wrestling and something like this happens, I try to step away from being the fan for a minute and I try to think as creative. Okay, so where is this going to go? Makes perfect sense. They're going to continue the feud uh, with uh, the Great Muda and uh, Sting that they had back in New Japan and in WCW. But what's the storyline now with the guy? He helps Sting and then he's gone. You don't see him anymore. I mean, it, it, there's no storyline to follow up with. We know the House of Black, either way, after this match, was going to change their name or be done. I mean, that was obvious. The leader, the guy who started the whole, I can't even believe they still called him the House of Black uh, on Dynamite but or a Rampage, but whatever. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I just, I don't know where they're going to go next with this guy, uh, if anywhere, and it might just been one of those one and done things. And, uh, then again, if it is, then, uh, it was meaningless to even have him show up in the match, in my opinion. Uh, the next match was, uh, Action Bronson and Hook versus, uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand, uh, Ainge. Uh, the winners were Hook and Action Bronson, of course. Um, this match was okay. I didn't. I didn't think it was very entertaining. The only thing I got away from this match was uh, Hook uh, carried Action Bronson because he had to, and that's the most we've seen him have to carry somebody in a match. But I have to admit, this Action Bronson guy, for not being a traditional athlete, uh, he's a lot faster than I thought he was in the ring. So, you know, but I, I, I thought it was kind of boring. That's just my opinion. Your thoughts? I mean, kudos to this guy for putting in the work, but this is really a waste of time. Hook should be defending the FTW title. Um, 
I, you know, he's a young, he's a, he's a young kid who needs to continue getting as much in-ring experience as he can with guys who are more experienced than him so that he can get better. And the fact that he already is being asked to essentially carry a non-wrestler in a tag team match to me is, is kind of ridiculous. Uh, uh, feature this guy. He's, he's one of your up and coming talents. Like, feature him in matches that he should be featured in. I would have liked to seen, and I know they have a, a rivalry, uh, but I would have liked to seen him as a maybe make the uh, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs a, a triple threat match and had him in there, all former members of the Taz organization, plus the future. They are the future. So, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It was a waste of his talent. And we've seen that a lot. Uh, between SmackDown and Rampage, and we'll get more into that as we go. Um, the next match was uh, oh, this match right here. I don't even want to talk about it because I hated it so much. It, you talk about a waste of time. Uh, it was Warlow and Joe, uh, Samoa Joe versus Tony Nese and Josh Woods. Of course, Samoa Joe and Warlow win. I hated this match. These two big knuckleheads uh, both have titles that they don't deserve. Uh, I... I yeah, I'm going to let you talk about it. Your thoughts? I mean, I'm going to pretend you didn't say those bad words about my about my buddy Samoa Joe, but but okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, this was a foregone conclusion in my opinion, especially because no titles were on the line. So in that in that regard, it it was a little bit of a waste. Um, I mean, a better match to me would have just been Samoa Joe and Wardlow versus Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. Because uh, you know those two guys can fly and can really and can really do things in the ring. Josh Woods, like I said, I I never even heard of this guy until recently. Um, so yeah, I mean, at least if you're going to put Wardlow and Samoa Joe in a tag team match, put them in the ring with uh, two better opponents to make it interesting. Yep, I agree. I agree. Uh, well, yeah, put them in some. I mean, put them in against somebody who. Uh, and lay the smack up down on them is the way I'd put it. Uh, the next match, the next match, uh, kind of ticked me off too. This is the match of the night that, uh, I often talk about where I throw the remote at the television because it makes no sense to me. It was the Jungle Boy versus Ray Phoenix. The winner, the Jungle Boy, and I don't care that it was an inside cradle victory, but there's no reason in the world for this puke Jungle Boy to have won that match. It makes zero sense. You have the trios champion, and are we just going to act like that title is a joke uh, and just not do anything with it? Uh, losing against this guy who has lost everything, his father mentor and his and his best friend, uh, and you let him win with an inside cradle. Okay, they shook hands at the end. I don't know why Ray Phoenix did that. He should have roundhouse kicked his head off, in my opinion. What's yours, sir? That was a solid match. Um, I am in agreement with you that Ray Phoenix should be picking up wins if he's a member of the Trios Tag Team Champions. So it would have made more sense for Ray Phoenix to win this match um, because right now I think the idea is that, well, the idea should be that, okay, Jungle Boy, not only has he lost you know, his mentor, his former tag team partner, but he's also starting to rack up the losses. And if anything, if Jungle Boy lost this match, you could continue to build a storyline that he becomes all despondent and is about ready to quit wrestling. But then 
something happens that re reignites the spark and suddenly Jungle Boy starts racking up wins. But I absolutely agree is, with this match, with there being no stakes in this match, there was really no reason for Jungle Boy to win here. Ray Phoenix should have picked up the victory as a member of the trio's tag team champions. You have Jungle Boy lose. You do the same scenario you just said. You do not have Christian come out at the end of the match uh, this soon. You let him lose a few more matches, and then you build that scenario. That that uh, ticket that you're talking about, what turns him around is his hatred for Christian and his partner, uh, Luchasaurus, who's with Christian now. That's your storyline that they should be running with. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with this kid, but uh, they put a title around this kid, and uh, I'm liable to lose my mind. <laughs> so the next match, you talk about a waste of talent and a waste of television time. Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara. The winner was seven, Sammy because of a re reverse decision. So I think it's a it's a good way uh, to advance their feud for uh, for Sammy, anyways. Uh, where uh, Kingston held on to him after the match was over with. So they're definitely going to continue this feud, right? And that's a good way to advance it. I'm okay with that. However, I wish he had a different opponent in this feud instead of that slob, Eddie Kingston. I just don't, I don't even like to watch that guy wrestle. And for him to take up, I don't care if it's 10 minutes on television time, it's 10 minutes too much. Your thoughts? There are so many other guys on the roster that Sammy Guevara could be and should be feuding with. Picture a Sammy Guevara-Miro feud as an example. Sammy Guevara, you know, continuing the feud with Darby Allen or Sammy Guevara versus Brody King, or who I, I could throw literally almost any name out there, and I'd be more interested in seeing them feud with Sammy Guevara than Eddie Kingston. Yeah, and if you if you want to make it uh, personal, right? Just uh, have him feud against uh, uh, Santana or uh, the other guy, Ortez. They used to be uh, in his group, and they're they're part of the Eddie Kingston Club or whatever it is now. So. Uh, yeah, make it one of those guys. Don't build a feud around a guy who just gets back from suspension because he can't handle his emotion and keep him in check uh, behind behind closed doors backstage. I mean, it, it's like you're rewarding this guy after you punish him. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, the next match was uh, Jade Cargill defending her title against uh, DeMonte. I guess that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, the winner was Jade Cargill. It, it, it's this match was so stupid. It, it, why have a match if you're going to end it that fast? Okay, I get it. She's 38-0 now, blah, blah, blah. I, I understand. But that match was so quick. Uh, and then the chick, the rapper chick, uh, turned on Monte at the end. What was the purpose of that? Is she going to start coming on the shows? No, that was a one and done. We won't see her again. So what was the purpose of the match of the rapper chick turning on her? It makes zero sense to me. Zero sense, especially how quick the match was. Your thoughts? Oh, God. Where, I don't even know what to say. Other than, like you said, this was a waste of time. And honestly, I'm getting a little, I'm a little over the uh, Jade Cargill unbeaten streak at this point. I almost wish that uh, somebody like Awesome Kong was still wrestling so that she could just come out and 
break Jade Cargill in half in about 30 seconds and take the belt off of her because that would be more entertaining. Or if Gail Kim was, uh, was uh, what's his name, uh, still wrestling, I'd love to see her take the belt off of Jade Cargill. I, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, she's she's got an impressive look and everything and a few good moves in her arsenal, but it's like, what else am I supposed to be fixated on about Jade Cargill? Uh, she needs pro uh, promo mic work as well. They they have that one wrestler. Uh, uh, what is her name? Uh, she she reminds me of Awesome Kong. Uh, she's actually a trans. She was born a guy, and now you, who, who, what's her name? Oh, uh, Nyla there you go. Rose. Uh, bring her and let her beat her up, you know, and take the title. She hasn't been on television. I don't know. I don't even know if she's still on the roster. Uh, she I haven't seen her in, in any other day independent wrestling. So. And uh, I watch pretty much all of them, so I don't know where she's at. But if she's still on the roster, because I didn't think that uh, uh, Brian Cage was still on the roster, but he shows up at the uh, Battle Royal that we're getting ready to talk about, the Golden Ticket Battle Royal. Uh, but Brian Cage, I thought he looked really good. He he threw away, uh, he threw out a lot of uh, a lot of opponents in this Battle Royal. Here's the thing, Brian Cage. I, I just don't understand why that he doesn't get a bigger push in the organizations he goes to. Because not only does he have the look and he's a beast, he's good on the mic. He's got a great catch line that he's the machine. Uh, and he's pretty phenomenal. So anyways, on this golden ticket battle royal, uh, the winner, Hangman Adam Page. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Here you have in this match the amazing Jay Lethal. You also have Penta Jr. And at the end, you've got Rush, former uh, Ring of Honor world champion, former champion at uh, Impact as well. And you let this lightweight page, who's already had the title, win the match. Why? Because CM Punk hurt his feelings? I mean, what, what's the deal with this guy? Uh, it's just stupid. That, that's the word I come up for this match. Stupid. The ending of it. You, uh, your opinion? Here's the thing. I don't dislike Hangman Adam Page per se, but but come on, we know what is going to happen in storyline. He'll he'll get a shot at the title against John Moxley. We know he's going to lose. He's not going to get the belt again. It's 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 well known that's not going to happen. I actually, and I blame you for this Kentucky guy for making me think this way. I almost actually wish that MJF had somehow inserted himself into this battle royal and elim- been the guy to eliminate Hangman Adam Page at the very end, and he ends up winning it. So now he's got the golden ticket, and he's got the casino battle royal uh, uh the, or excuse me the um uh casino was the casino ladder the match chip. um chip so that basically he has not one but two opportunities that he could use at any given time that actually would have been brilliant storytelling that had never been done before because he can decide at any point hey i'm going to cash in on this night and maybe he doesn't succeed the first time but then when he decides to cash in on another night when John Moxley or whoever's champion doesn't expect it, he successfully cashes it in and becomes the champion. That would be a brilliant heel move right there. 
Yep. Or he cashes in the first one and he wins the title. And then storyline goes on. He loses the title. And then the very next night, when the champion's uh, not expecting it, he wins it right back. Or a couple weeks later, either one. Uh, if it's a first-time champion, don't do it the next night. That's just retarded. We just talked about that with Matt Cardona. But, uh, you know, wait a little bit, cash it in, and, and retain. You know, not retain, but be a two-time champion. Uh, Hangman Adam Page... I tell you, they're really they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel if they let this guy wear the title again. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I've never been a fan. I wasn't, and I'm a huge Elite fan. Even when he was a part of the Elite, I was hoping that Cody Rhodes was going to beat the crap out of him. <laughs> and, and this was in New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, when they were all the Bullet Club. Um, but uh, Cody actually started befriend, uh, befriending him and turned on... Uh, Omega, which didn't make any sense then either. Anyways, the final match of the uh, of the evening, and this, in my opinion, was the best match of the entire show. I really, I really enjoyed this match. Not just because Ricky Starks got his revenge and beat Powerhouse Hobbs. I thought Powerhouse Hobbs actually cut a heck of a promo before the match. Maybe he should get on the mic just a little bit more. Uh, but you know, uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, and I thought. I felt the pain when Ricky Starks did that low blow to Powerhouse Hobbs. I thought it was fantastic, and I felt it. I like, I jerk. Oh man, that that looked painful the way he wind up and just let him have it. Um, your thoughts on the match? Kudos to both guys. They brought their A game and they sent the crowd home happy. And this is what you got to do. You got to feature two of your young up and comers in prominent spots like this so that they have an opportunity to show people what they can offer. And I do agree with you. Powerhouse Hobbs definitely impressed me on the mic. And it's going to be curious to see what happens to him going forward. I, I think that this should pretty much be the end of the feud between the two of them. I mean, I could always see them feud again somewhere down the road. But let's let the two of them both go off now in different directions and feud with other people. And then you'll see where it goes from there. I would like to see, and I want your opinion after after this comment, by the way, see what your thoughts are. Uh, I'd like to see Starks either feud for, with uh, Daniel Garcia for the pure uh, RH title or start a feud, uh, a feud with uh, his old uh, running mate, uh, Hooks, to get his title back. Uh, I'd like to see a feud between one of those two for Starks because... Uh, this guy should be in some type. If you're going to have that many titles and you're going to have a superstar like uh, Ricky Starks, you should have him at least chasing or feuding with the title holder. Your thoughts? Well, the great thing is there's so many options for him. I mean, I, I like both of your suggestions, but you've also got Pac, who is the All-Atlantic champion currently. You've also got your buddy Wardlow, who is the TNT champion. Ricky Starks would be a great TNT champion, in my opinion, and probably could do a lot more with the belt than Wardlow is right now. You know, you know, even though, like I said, I've been impressed by Wardlow overall as a powerhouse, It's nothing's been really happening with the belt. So you've got you've to put it on someone who, who, for lack of a better word, is, is more of a target, who people are going to try to take advantage of more often. And 
thus the audience can get behind them more because they're they're a bit vulnerable and there's always that chance that they could lose the title but somehow they're they're able to scrap through and they're able to overcome adversity and win it that's that's a guy like Ricky Starks and that's what would happen if he was TNT champion yeah i think uh and i agree uh warlow uh, he should have never had the belt in the first place. Um, here, here's the, here's here's what I think. I think that uh, Tony Khan won't allow uh, Ricky Starks to pin or anybody probably pin Warlow fair and square, right? So he does need like kind of a small faction to do the scenario that you just mentioned, and somehow they help him. You know, it's not always clean. I mean, look at the bloodline. Uh, when he retains the title. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to, I could see that. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about, uh, AW, uh, AWE. <laughs> AW. I had AWE wrote down here. I don't know why. Uh, AW, uh, Dynamite Match Card. There's not a whole lot of matches already, but, you know, it's just Monday. Uh, so the, uh, AW World Championship Eliminator match. Once again, I didn't think they were going to copy off in WWE, and here we go. Why would you have a match with the champion to see if you can have a match for the belt with the champion? Makes zero sense. But they're calling it the World Championship Eliminator match. Uh, Juice Robinson, who has been multi-champion. He's a great wrestler. He's multi-champion in New Japan Wrestling. Very surprised to see him in the States. I'm glad uh, that he's wrestling back in the States. Uh, he's going to be uh, going against uh, John Moxley. And then also on the card, and I'll just get your opinion, uh, Donnie, after I read all these, because there's not many. Uh, then you have uh, Chris Jericho, along with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, they're going to host a championship celebration. I can't wait to see that uh, for Jericho, who won the uh, Ring of Honor last week against Claudio. Uh, and then uh, uh, the fans are going to hear from Paige, Sarah, uh, she's going to be on there. She's going to update them on the rumors that she's not cleared to wrestle. That'll be interesting. That rumor comes from Dave Melcher in the Bleacher Report. Uh, she has denied it in a sense, but she never really came out and said it. From uh, everything that I'm reading, uh, she's supposed to let them know Wednesday, uh, the fans. Uh, and then my buddy and your friend too, MJF, will appear, and hopefully he just shreds John Moxley again. So right now, sir, that's all they've got booked for the match card. Um, your opinions on anything we just talked about? Well, I think I like that AEW is thinking outside the box. And once again, they've got that relationship with new Japan pro wrestling. So they said, well, let's bring somebody in who has a past rivalry with John Moxley. That way we'll at least have an entertaining match for the television and live audience. I don't see juice Robinson beating John Moxley in the championship eliminator match. Um, I do agree with you. I don't understand this whole thing where the champions got to face someone in a non-title match first. They've got to earn the opportunity. Usually it was always, let's look at the rankings and have the, the two top guys collide to determine the number one contender. I don't know why they're breaking from that formula. If it's not broke, don't fix it, I say. Um, but it'll be an entertaining match, but John Moxley will hey, probably walk away with the win. Hey, this one, not to interrupt you, um, but you made a good point right there. Uh, they have pretty much done away with the ranking system. It makes zero sense because you're right. It was working. Uh, and I, I hate to interrupt you, but 
uh, I just want to throw that in there because I didn't want to have to come back to you and all that because I want your opinion. Uh, don't you don't you agree that's a mistake doing away with the ranking system? We first seen it uh, with the number one tag team in a AEW, um, the two guys that have all those belts. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, with- I, I mean, did AEW not say a long time ago when they first got off the ground, we're going to be different than WWE, we're going to be an alternative, we're going to have a ranking system? I love this idea of a ranking system. And yeah, they'll still flash wrestlers' wins and losses up on the screen, but can anyone actually sit here and tell me the last time they remember the ranking system mattering? No, you're you're absolutely right, sir. Um, absolutely right. Uh, these, uh, I, I just, and we've seen it go away when uh, Swerve and uh, uh, that big guy, Keith Lee or whatever his name is, uh, when they were in the, uh, well, actually when they won the title, uh, they shouldn't have even been in that match. They weren't the number one rank, uh, to qualify for that match. So yeah, you're right. They, they've done away with it. And I think it's a huge mistake. Uh, did you have any, uh, opinions on anything else with, uh, dynamite before we move on to SmackDown? I, I mean, the only other thing I was going to say is I'm, I'm assuming that, uh, MJF is going to tear somebody a new one when he gets on the mic and that maybe it'll be John Moxley. Maybe it'll be someone else. Um, I could picture the Jericho appreciation society when that segment's going on. I can picture the Blackpool combat club getting, you know, interrupting it maybe. And that's either going to probably set up a, a rematch between Claudio and, uh, and Jericho for the ROH title, or it might be somebody else that we're not expecting. Like I said, I, I, I wish they would, they would pull a random name out of a hat and, bring somebody in who has a history with ring of honor that we're not expecting AKA Loki, who we were talking about last week. Yep. Yep. I agree. Um, I, I don't, uh, I don't see that title leaving Jericho for a while. Um, and this is in the, uh, uh, rumors and news, uh, around the water cooler in case we don't get to it. So I'm just going to talk about it real quick. Uh, I found out that one of the main reasons why, you know, Jared, Jericho, he's, he's 51 years old, by the way. Uh, one of the main reasons why they put that title on him is because they're looking for, uh, and they're getting very close, is just a rumor, uh, to a Ring of Honor television deal. And Jericho's name carries the prestige to make this happen a lot easier and a lot quicker. If that's the case, it's very, very, I mean, don't get me wrong. Jericho's the goat. Uh, he 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 he's definitely better than Cesaro, no hands down. But to put it on somebody at his age when he didn't need it, he didn't need it. You you would think that uh, Jericho probably would say, you know, are you kidding me? <laughs> but he's a company guy, so he took the title on, right? Because uh, it's not the AEW World Champion uh, Chip title, not even close. But if that's true, uh then it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense why he would agree. We always know that Jericho, doesn't matter if he's in the WWE, AEW, if he's in Ring of Honor, doesn't matter where he's at, uh, he's a company guy. He'll stand behind that company as long as he's with them. He's always been that way. So I think that's why he took the, the role of taking the title on to help the company out. What, what do you think about that rumor, Mr. Cage? 
I, I think it could be true. Um, I think they want to be, if they are going to secure that TV deal, they're going to want a big name to carry the title in the very beginning. And that's part of the reason why AEW put the belt on Jericho in the very beginning, because, because let's face it, they weren't going to sell anywhere near as many tickets with hangman Adam page as their first world champion compared to Chris Jericho. Um, I mean, they definitely could have sold tickets if they gave it to like Cody Rhodes or somebody like that, but they, they said, let's put it on Jericho. He's a veteran multi-time WC or WWE champion, also really successful in WCW. So, so why not? So if ring of honor is going to do something similar, can't say. Yep, I blame and them. you're absolutely right. When they first started off AEW, it had to be Jericho or Kenny Omega. In my opinion, it had to be one of the two because those, those two names, uh, and Cody Rhodes. Yes. He, he went and he reveloped himself in the independent ticket. um, but he's still not a. He still wasn't at that time when they first started this company a Jericho or an Omega. So I think you're absolutely right. That's why they did it with them, and it makes sense them doing it now. So let's move on to SmackDown, which I thought this show was uh, was not very good at all. Um, I I just don't understand what's going on with these guys. But let's talk about it a little bit. Um, so when the show starts, you have uh, Roman Reigns come out with the Bloodline, uh, but it wasn't really the head of the table or even the main event with the Usos defending the title uh, against the Brawling Brutes that really had everybody's attention. Everybody that I seen on Twitter and everything when Raw started or uh, SmackDown started, they were still talking about this white rabbit mystery. So first of all, I'm going to tell you something. They bring, uh, when they bring Bray Wyatt back, if they bring him back as a white rabbit character and not the fiend, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be mad. Very mad. Just throwing that out there. But everybody, everybody's in gold. I think, I think the white rabbit, I think the white rabbit is a red herring. <laughs> okay. Uh, but everybody is like uh, absorbed with the mysteries of this, right? Uh, it's engulfed the whole, not just WWE, but the whole wrestling world, uh, because they teased it so much on Monday's Raw. Uh, you know, and, and here's the thing the trip down the rabbit hole, no pun intended, right? Uh, what does it mean moving forward? Like, since, since, uh, assuming creative control, I'll read this, uh, report real quick. Assuming creative control, WWE, over the summer, Triple H has brought many familiar faces back to the company. They were all done differently, but the common theme was that they all occurred when the fans least expected it. And that is true. Bailey, Johnny Gargano, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, the new guy, uh, Braun Strowman, uh, yeah, you know, I wasn't expecting him to just show up on a Raw. Uh, although Bray Wyatt is virtually guaranteed to be behind the White Rabbit tease of uh, the last week, his return is being uh, executed in the most Wyatt way <laughs> a way possible by keeping the fans guessing and engaged. What's amazing about this virtual marketing campaign is none of it's formerly aired and, and they're right about this has never aired on raw or SmackDown at all. The music being played at house shows and during uh, raw and SmackDown uh, commercials and the subtitled QR code. Uh, I don't know if you, if you, uh, 
scan that or not. But if you scan it, it brings you to a stupid game with a rabbit in it. it, it, it just, I don't know. The many clues in, indicate that it would be uh, Wyatt and uh, have been fun to follow, right? And they have created conversation among members of the audience, Raw and SmackDown. And like I said, not just WWE, all over. But it's improved. It's, you know, those two shows have improved, even though this past week I thought they both stunk. Uh, but they did improve in quality. Uh, but this is sort of the stuff that will keep people talking about them for weeks to come and keep people tuning in. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways, so we had Roman Reigns. He did the promo, and he uh, turned to his cousin, Solo, and uh, he pretty much told him, you need to acknowledge me, and he did. They get ready to get out of the ring, and the reason why I'm combining this together is I want your opinion on both of these. They get out of the ring. And as they're getting out of the ring, Sammy Zayn stops him. And he says, I want to acknowledge Reigns as my tribal chief. And then Roman Reigns comes in and he looks and he's dead serious. Roman Reigns' uh, acting skills have improved over the last couple of years, 100%, I think. He looks dead serious and he goes, uh, he asks the Sammy, he goes, uh, why do you continue to tag along? with us and why are you wearing a bloodline shirt and then he goes uh i don't want to i don't want you to ever ever see you wear that shirt again and he has jay uso who we know there is a problem a a, a still a problem with uh sammy Zayn. jay uso rips his shirt off and i'm thinking holy cow this is it i didn't think it would happen on smackdown because kevin owens isn't there uh, they're going to beat the crap out of him. But then Roman Reigns tosses him a, a new T-shirt that calls him an honorary Uso. So what I want to know, uh, Mr. Cage, on your opinion on this is, did you notice Jay Uso's face uh, when Roman Reigns gave him that T-shirt? He was not happy. Oh, I did. I, I, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people watching noticed Jey Uso's face. And this could be the, the start of just like, um, you know, teasing the eventual breakup of the bloodline. I'm not saying it's going to happen anytime soon, but to see these little cracks little by little, uh, you know, uh, you know, Jay might start to become a little bit more outspoken about this in the coming weeks. You never know. Um, it also though makes me kind of wonder is, has Sammy Zane, we're, we're all thinking that, you know, somebody else is playing mind games here, but that they're playing with Sammy Zane. What if Sammy Zane is the guy who all along who's been playing mind games with them, pretending to be loyal, pretending he wants to be a part of the bloodline. And what if he's the one who eventually turns on Roman Reigns and the rest of the Usos somewhere down the line? That we may not even get to the point where the bloodline turns on Sami Zayn. It could be the other way around. Yeah, did you want to uh, speak on the White Rabbit thing before I moved on? Or Oh, well, no, the only thing I was going to say, when I said it's a red herring, I just meant when Bray Wyatt comes back, I highly doubt he's going to come back as a White Rabbit. I do think the White Rabbit, though, could be the old White Rabbit that we used to see as a part of Adam Rose's uh, Rosebuds back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, and I didn't mean that uh, 
when I said that, I didn't mean that he'd be dressed as a white rabbit, but he would just call himself that. Uh, surely to God, they're not stupid enough to put him <laughs> put him in a rabbit suit. I mean, no, nah, Triple H is smarter, smarter than If it was Vince McMahon, though, I I don't know. Maybe it would. <laughs> you need to dress up as a white rabbit, just like hey. the uh, Repo Man. Uh, so the next match I thought was interesting. It was Liv Morgan versus uh, Lacey Evans. I actually watched this match because I just wanted to see uh, if my prediction was right about Liv Morgan starting to turn heel uh, going a- in her match against Ronda Rousey. And she is. Here's the problem, though, right? Because she puts uh, Lacey Evans through a table and, and whatever at the end of the match after she beats her. I've ne- I don't understand why. And I like. Liv Morgan as a, as a heel. Don't get me wrong. I I don't understand why you would have her turn heel in a match against another heel. It makes no sense to me. Also, has the WWE and Triple H have have they given up on Lacey Evans? I mean, there there once upon a time she would have beaten Liv Morgan easily before she ever got that title. And since she's come back, uh. I don't know. I mean, she did better as the uh, Southern Belle or whatever she was last time she was on there. I, I just don't get it. Your thoughts? I'm of the opinion, unfortunately, that Vince McMahon was a bigger Lacey Evans fan than Triple H is. Um, because when Lacey Evans was in NXT back in the day, they didn't do a, a whole lot with her, to be honest. She came up to the main roster, started to make some waves here and there. But then they couldn't decide, well, is she going to be a heel? Is she going to be a face? Well, let's bring her back and play off of her military gimmick. That's what it seemed like they were doing for a while, and I guess still are. Um, you know, it, it's a shame because she is talented. But I don't know. I, I don't know if the current creative team is a big fan of Lacey Evans, to be perfectly honest. Well, she is a better heel than she is a baby face. And the, the baby face that they tried with, when they first brought her back, did not work. The fans were not. They were still booing her. She, she's a better heel. <laughs> um, so the next match, and I think that, uh, Mr. Cage, you're going to have, uh, you're going to be shocked uh, about my opinion about this match. So the next match, the New Day uh, versus Maximum Male Models. The New Day defeated Maximum Male Models. Okay? Stupid. Why do we need another New Day victory at all? But I do like the fact and the idea of L.A. Knight turning on the two models who are, let's just admit it, let's just admit it, they're useless in the ring. They are. I've always supported the idea of the Maximel models because it was something to laugh at. I mean, it was funny to me. It was comical, something different. But these two jokers, man, they looked so bad against the old, outdated New Day uh, so I'm on board. Bring L.A. Knight back. Send those fo- two fools packing, and uh, you know, let's let's move on with our lives. Let's let's disband this. And it looks like they may be doing that. And plus, the crowd—I mean, they're not getting over it all anyway. So they might as well just chalk it up to a loss and move on. Your thoughts? <sighs> I am so glad it's taken you enough weeks but you finally had some uh, sense to you the only bad part like you just said right there about maximum male models losing this match 
is that they had to lose to the New Day Rocks. New Day Rocks. No, they don't. Not anymore, anyway. Um, New Day. New Day is definitely um, is definitely past their prime as a team. Um, they should have split them up quite a while ago and just let Kofi go back to being a singles wrestler. And Xavier Woods could either be a, a wrestler or a manager or whatever the case, because at least the guy can talk. Um, but Maximum Male Models, you know, just think about this. Mansoor, or however they pronounce his name now, I don't even know. Mansoor or Mansoor, I don't know. Um, he was in that tag team with Mustafa Ali for a little while, which I thought that was going to go somewhere, and it didn't. And Mace used to be a part of that group Retribution a while back, which that, that's another... <laughs> I could write a whole episode on how they botched that storyline, but that's another issue altogether. I really think this Maximum Male Models experiment, though, was just that. It was an experiment. It failed. Just get rid of it, move on, and give us some L.A. night, which is what we yep, which is what fans deserve. And that retribution, you're right. We may have an episode on that because I've got a lot of opinions on that. That is the one faction where a female ruined it from the start, in my opinion. So, yeah, uh, I remember that faction that... Uh, they still went with, even though uh, with the mask in it, it's just, you're right, we need to do an episode on that. Uh, the next match, uh, Braun Strowman, Strowman versus Otis. Uh, Strowman defeated Otis, and I'm going to say something. Uh, I've, I've never been a fan of Braun Strowman, but that powerbomb he did on Otis absolutely blew me away. But what I don't understand is why this guy is so over with the fans. His gimmick hasn't changed. The only thing different about him is he's wearing Santa Claus pants now. I mean, I, I don't get it. Your thoughts? And once again, we should be thankful Vince isn't booking the show because if he saw those Santa Claus pants, he might have brought uh, Dye's beard uh, white and uh, give him a Christmas hat and some reindeer and have him start uh, chanting ho, ho, ho every time he comes to the ring. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I mean, I've always been impressed by Braun Strowman. I've said that before, and I'm glad that they're booking him to look strong. Clearly, they're, this is going to go somewhere, and I think eventually it's going to lead to a showdown with Roman Reigns, which, again, I do not think that Braun's going to be the guy to beat Roman Reigns for the title. But... Uh, I mean, you've got to at least have some guys on the roster that you could you could go. Okay, I, I could picture this guy giving giving the tribal chief a, a tough time in the ring, at least making him earn his uh, his his victory. But uh, yeah, honestly, I, they really should just go back to Braun Strowman's previous ring attire, which I thought looked way better. I don't get yeah, the red. The rumor is that the person that's going to uh, defeat Roman Reigns, and I hope to God this rumor is not true because it makes. It doesn't make any sense, but the rumor is that uh, The Rock, his uh, actual uncle or cousin or whatever he is, is going to wrestle him at WrestleMania and take the title from him. Uh, that would be a bonehead move, and I think that's a Vince McMahon want match, dream match in his mind, and I'm hoping that R Triple H, which he's done on a lot of things so far, I hope he changes course on that. So, uh yeah, The Rock was okay back in his prime, but come on, man. This guy's a movie star. Don't bring him in against the, the longest reigning uh, current, you know, in current history uh, champion. I mean, that, your thoughts on that? Have you heard that rumor, too? Or 
Oh, that rumor's been going for a couple of years now. And listen, The Rock is one of my all-time favorite superstars. He's on my Mount Rush- Rushmore of of just uh, like personalities in the history of the wrestling business. Cut some of the greatest promos, some of the funniest promos I've ever witnessed in my life. And had some really good matches under his belt as well. I mean, who could forget his trilogy with Steve Austin, his matches with Triple H. He's 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 been around The Rock. Um but but this is not a time there's no reason for him to come back to wrestling at this stage. He had a great send-off in his feud with John Cena. There was no reason for him to come back. He's he's a movie star. Put someone else who could really benefit from being in that spotlight against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39 and have that person take the title off of him. And I still want, want to say, and I, and, I, and I think this is something you would agree with me with, because they have unfinished business, to me, the perfect person to take the title off of Roman Reigns at WrestleMania yeah, is Bray I'd Wyatt. I'd like to see that match. I'll watch that match. The only thing about that match is I'll be torn. I won't know who to root for, but yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, by the way, you said something that reminded me. I wanted to say something before we moved on. Uh, Xavier Woods, I've always said that. I've said this for a few years now. Uh, he should be uh, on the announce team. I, I think that's what he really needs to be doing. I think he, I think uh, if they ever go that direction, he'll be a better announcer than he ever was a wrestler. But uh, so you're right. He he can talk, and I think that would be the perfect place for him. So before we get to the next match, uh, let's talk about Drew McIntyre, your buddy. Uh, so he hits the ring, and he wants to address Karrion Cross uh, in their recent issues. And he made the announcement that the two of them are going to meet at Extreme Rules. He challenges them, I guess, I guess you could say, but it's going to happen in a strap match, which is uh, we don't see very often anymore. Uh, uh, Cross tried to actually sneak in, <laughs> sneak in behind uh, uh, Drew McIntyre, but he cut him off, and uh, he started beating him with the strap. This wasn't the strap match. That was uncalled for. How dare him do that? It made zero sense to me. But luckily, every strong man needs a strong woman. Uh, Scarlett, she threw a fireball at McIntyre, uh, then delivered a low blow, which I thought was awesome, and uh, kind of stopped him in his tracks. And then here's what I love, right? I loved it when Cross, <laughs> he goes, I'll see you at Extreme Rules. And he accepts the challenge. And while while he's doing this and accepting the challenge, he has Drew McIntyre in the cross jacket. Now, first of all, Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross, that's a waste of Karrion Cross's talent at Extreme Rule. But maybe, maybe uh Triple H is thinking he might have a little ring rust, so they want to put him against a lightweight like Drew McIntyre is the only reason I can see why that match is happening. Your thoughts? Well, I agree. We haven't seen the strap match in a while, and it is. And if it's done right, it can be a pretty exciting matchup. Well, there have been a lot of classic strap matches over the years. I mean, Eddie Guerrero versus JBL. You've had uh, strap matches uh, featuring Dusty Rhodes over the years. You had that one uh, years ago. It was uh, Sting versus Nikita Koloff in WCW. That was another strap match. Or that might have been a Russian chain match, which is pretty much the same thing, just with a chain instead of a strap. Um 
And yeah, I mean, I'm sure this match is intended to help Karrion Cross work off some ring rust. Because, I mean, he's only had one match since he came back, which was like a two-minute squash against Drew Gulak. So this will be a full-length match where he's got to really uh, fight for it. And I think Drew's going to put up a fight, uh, just just as he always does as the Scottish warrior. I do think Karrion Cross will prevail, though, at Extreme Rules, which I'm, I'm looking forward to because well, I'm, I'm a Cross fan that you finally come to your senses. So that's good. Um, and, uh, yeah. So when, when we do the predictions for extreme rules, just as a reminder, I'm not writing this down right now who you pick. So we will, uh, we'll, you'll probably hear me ask that question. Who do you pick out of the two? Um, the next match, then we do go to the next match. It's, Ra- uh, Raquel Rodriguez versus Dakota Kai, her former tag team partner. Rodriguez defeats Kai only because of stupid distraction from Shotzi, who who she also interferes in a much-deserved beatdown to Rodriguez by damage control. So here's my thoughts on this, right? Are Does the WWE, like, do they expect us to pretend that, and I can't even, I don't even know the number, how many times? Rodriguez and Shotzi have, have wrestled in the prior months. And <laughs> uh, we were supposed to pretend like it never happened. I mean, come on, Triple H. You're better than this crap, man. Come on. No tank either. So she's she's just a waste. I like the tank, but never cared much for her. Your thoughts? Well, I do agree. I always hate in wrestling when they when they act like fans have uh, short-term memory loss um, to one week, uh, two wrestlers will be fighting male or female. And then the next week they're, they're best buddies. And, I, and I'm like, well, I mean, maybe if there was like, you showed us a backstage segment where they talked out their differences, then I could accept that. But that backstage segment must've never aired because um, yeah, they were at each other's throats in uh, matches weeks before. And now they're helping each other out. I mean, I always preferred Shotzi when she had the tank. I will say that much. So uh, I'm glad they're bringing that back. But um, I don't know. Is this going to be a tag team match? It's going to be Raquel and Shotzi versus Dakota Kai and Io Sky, I'm assuming. Maybe at Extreme Rules. Maybe there'll be a stipulation to the tag team match. Potentially. Um, But again, it's, uh, you know, damage control is clearly being booked to look strong for the most part. And this was kind of... Presented as more of a um, fluke. Are they than bringing anything. the tank back? I didn't know that. I that will be. That's uh, the rumor. Yeah, I like the tank. Like I said, I never cared much for her, but I always liked the tank. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, then we have the main event, and once again, in my opinion, because of everything that happened, and I'm, I'm well, I'm going to go over it real quick. Uh, that this was the match of the show. It it it, it was. Even though this show, I didn't feel, lived up to the normal standard that SmackDown has been doing for the last couple weeks under Triple H, uh, this this match here was great. So the, the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes, the Usos do win. They win by a distraction, though, when Gunther and the Imperial uh, attack Sheamus, which is smart because, and this is one of the reasons why I think that, uh, that, uh, this is the best match of the entire show. Uh, it's it's a build up and get us wanting and ready to watch match number two, uh, which happens this week, 
between Sheamus and uh, Gunther for the Intercontinental title. I, I can't wait. I, I cannot wait to see this match. Um, and then the other things that occurred, uh, Jay Uso, who we were talking about, uh, <laughs> he orders Sami Zayn. Once again, there's something going on there. He orders him away uh, as he continued to fight the bruiserweight. Then when uh, Jay Uso's outside, uh, Sami Zayn starts arguing with him and asking him, hey, you want to get disqualified uh, as he was fighting Butch ringside? So I, I don't know what this is building into. Uh, he just got his own shirt. Jay, Jay disdained that. You could see the look on his face. And before you answer, I, I want to ask you another question. Um, also, we know, we know, we know, we know that Roman Reigns will never pick Sami Zayn over Jay Uso. So shame on you for talking about the bloodline uh, splitting up earlier. Shame on you. All right. So before you answer and go and go over this uh, match, your thoughts, I want to ask you, did you see and did you hear the crowd when uh, Butch came off the middle rope moonsault and uh, the Usos did that stereo super kick on him? That was, man, that was, <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, your thoughts? Crowd was into it, and they definitely delivered when it came to uh, to main to main event level matches. Would I, I'd love to see these two teams collide again because I definitely think this is a good matchup. Um, you know, as far as the uh, bloodline thing, I was saying earlier that uh, that Sami Zayn, I could see him like secretly plotting to pit the uh, members of the bloodline against each other, and and they don't even realize that he's scheming to do that but uh you know that might that might not be what happens i'm just speculating but um if you remember jay uso was the very first uso to join up with roman reigns back in the day and then then he had to get jimmy on board with joining the bloodline and then of course they brought in solo sokoa recently so no i mean i i think if the bloodline were to break up it would ha it would be something much more drastic than just Sami Zayn playing some uh tricks and mind games on them but uh you know jay uso clearly is not a fan of Sami Zayn, and the one thing i can see your scenario line. there that would make sense that would eventually lead to the ugh, i hate even saying this out loud the bloodline splitting up would be Sami Zayn is playing this role that you mentioned uh getting into the minds of the bloodline divide and conquer him and kevin owens team up and they take the tag team titles from the Usos. And Roman Reigns gives the Usos uh, such a hard time over it, they turn on him. That's, I mean, that's with Sammy involved, that's the only way I see maybe this happening. And talking about Solo, uh, man, they stripped him of the uh, Northern American title uh, because he's not on NXT. Well, uh, he never lost the title. I mean, they just strip him from I, I don't understand Shawn, Shawn Michaels. Everybody knows this. He's my favorite wrestler ever. But uh, I don't understand this decision. I'm not caring too much for him as a, as a head of creative right now. Uh, so let's talk about Raw, the match card. Uh, and, uh, and I'll give you a chance to comment on that if you want, because the first match on the card for tonight's show uh, is Sami Zayn, who's accompanied by Solo. Versus AJ Styles. Your thoughts? 
should be a good match. And if anything, with Solo in his corner, you would think that Sami Zayn would pull out the victory in this match. And right now, I mean, they should be booking Sami to look strong because he's now an honorary oos. And I mean, obviously, you hate to see AJ Styles pick up a loss, but if he were to lose, then maybe that will further his own storyline that he has going on with uh, any Finn opinion Bauer about them stripping uh, Solo the title. Oh, sorry, I forgot to comment on that. Yeah, it's stupid. He just won the title, and th- th- there's no reason he can't pull double duty, still appear on NXT and uh, and and appear on SmackDown. And, and honestly, he doesn't even need to be on every episode of SmackDown. Roman Reigns is not on every episode of SmackDown, so Solo Sokoa does not need to be either. Um, yeah, I don't understand why you put the North American belt on him. Only Here's the thing. Strip him up He's always on later. Raw also. And Raw and NXT is always taped in the same city. So, yeah. You know, he's there anyways. Anyways, the next match, um, it's Seth Rollins versus uh, Rey Mysterio, which is kind of out of left field because Rollins is actually, uh, well, not really because I guess, you know, Riddle's tag team with Rey Mysterio last week. So I really think if they leave, if Riddle keeps his junk out of this, uh, that this could be a heck of a match as long, and I don't know if you will catch this or not, Mr. Cage, as long as they don't try to take uh, each other's golf balls, I mean, each other's eyeballs out. So, your thoughts? I was just going to say, this will be a great match as long as nobody loses That ruined that time. match. That, that was a great match that those two had, even though the gimmick to it was stupid. Uh, that's why I think if uh, I think let these guys go at it and don't 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 get involved. Nobody get involved. And then we have Johnny Gargano teaming up with Kevin Owens versus Alpha Academy. This is a no brainer. Alpha Academy. Uh, uh, <laughs> they I mean, let's just face it. Uh, they're underrated as single competitions, but maybe overrated a little bit as a tag team, in my opinion. So. Uh, I don't understand Kevin Owens teaming up with Johnny Gargano. Uh, I don't like this face turn he's doing or what he's what he's doing now. I, that's not him, and uh, it makes my skin crawl. Your thoughts? Well, it's once again it's another situation where you would think that the the more regular tag team would win this match. That being Alpha Academy, but I mean they're. They're determined to push Kevin Owens and Johnny Gargano, so they're most they're most likely going to walk away with the win. Which you know, I, I'm fans of both of those guys, so I'm not upset about it per se. But it's just it's always weird when you see a random thrown together tag team beat a uh, a, a tag team that well they used to be the Raw tag team. Yeah, titles, now so in they've a got, they've got that previous accolade. life and previous promotion, uh, Johnny and Kevin were uh, tag team champions, uh, but it was over in Germany. Uh, a long, long time ago, and don't ask me how I know that. I just uh, I seen a match somewhere, <laughs> and they were very young. He, it was actually Kevin Stein, is what he called himself back then. But uh, yeah, they were uh, so. But it's been years and years, so you might as well say they're new. Uh, the next match is uh, on the card for tonight. Uh, Io Sky versus uh, oh Ponytail Girl. She's going to fight Ponytail Girl. Uh, yeah, I have no comment on that match. 
Um, here's the thing I do know about uh, before she changed her name to this iota crap. Uh, she she has always beaten uh, Bianca Belair in NXT. Every match they ever ever had, she's beat her and took the NXT title from her. So uh, I don't know. They seem to love Bianca, this ponytail girl. So they'll probably put her over in this match. But uh, you know, in reality, if you guys want to go back before it was NXT 2.0 and check out some good matches, she laid it to this girl. So your thoughts? I think it'll be a solid match. Um, Bianca will probably um, use use her ponytail as a weapon, as she always does. <laughs> Which um, you would think by now that she actually would learn her lesson and would, and would decide to tie that thing up. That way people wouldn't use it all the time against her. But that's, uh, that's why Bailey people love her. Bailey is the they best one ponytail. I've ever seen use that ponytail on her. Back before she Bailey got injured. She used to whoop the crap out of her. <laughs> I thought it was great. Uh, and then the final match that they have on the card, anyways, when I when I took notes on this was was about two hours ago. Uh, Riddle is going to they uh, go up. Oh yeah, I wanted to say something real quick on that first match, Sami Zayn and AJ Styles. Uh, what I can see, or not, uh, Sami Zayn, but Rey Mysterio and AJ Styles. What I can see is Judgment Day getting involved and costing Rey Mysterio the win. And leaving us wonder, are they still trying hard? Are they trying hard to recruit AJ Styles, or is this just because of the feud uh, that's ongoing uh, with Dominic and his father? So, I, I think that's an interesting turn. I think that's what's going to could happen in that match. Uh, the next match is Riddle, though. He will be facing Judgment Day's uh, Damian Priest. Th- this really should be a short, quick work match for Priest, but since Riddle and Rollins are having this big fight pit match at Extreme Rules, uh, they're going to try to put Riddle over, which I think is stupid. Again, again, wasting two great superstars in Rollins and Priest's talent on this punk. Your thoughts? If I were booking the show, I would let Priest and Riddle both get a lot of their signature moves in in this match, make it a showcase for them. But I would have Seth Rollins cost Riddle the match in some way. Because in that sense, you protect Riddle because you could say, oh, he was distracted. But you also protect Damian Priest, who's a part of Judgment Day, and make them strong by getting the win. Uh, And that's all I have for today, but I I do want to make this one statement. At Extreme Rules, at this fight pit match, between Rollins and Riddles, if they let Riddles have this match, I am going to be irate. Who cares that Seth Rollins beat him last time? He's not on Seth Rollins' level. The only reason why this guy is so over is because of Randy Orton. And the sooner everybody figures that out, the better off we're all going to be. But anyways, I'll let you comment on that, sir. And if you've got anything else for the show today, just let us know. But well, we do have to, I do have to answer that question that was submitted after. But just to comment on the uh, Seth Rollins-Riddle match. Riddle was in the very first fight pit match, which was in uh, NXT a couple of years ago. That was It was him against 
Timothy Thatcher, who no longer works for the company. Um, and Kurt Angle was the special guest referee for that match. And it was a pretty intense battle, by my recollection. Now, Riddle uh, ended up losing that match. But I think it was his suggestion. He was the one who came up with the concept for the fight pit. So I think for that reason alone, that gives him a little bit of an edge over over the architect. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see if uh, Seth freaking Rollins can beat Riddle yeah. in his yeah, own match he type. He's a better athlete. Um, so let me just go ahead and read this question. Uh, that way you can answer for everybody that's listening as well. Uh, it's real simple. I mean, it's no big deal. Uh, let's see. Um, here we go. Hey, can you ask Donny Cage uh, for me? Has he ever went to a live wrestling event? And if he has, which one did he go to? Was it a pay-per-view? And how many has he actually went to? There you go. Well, that's a great question. Um, so I have been to several live events over the years. The last live event I went to was was a SmackDown, which I think might have been in 2013, probably. Late 2013, early 2014. It's when uh, Randy Orton was the uh, unified was the unified WWE World Heavyweight Champion, and he fought John Cena in a dark match, actually. But my favorite pay-per-view that I ever went, but I did go to a pay-per-view, um, and my favorite show I ever went to was the 2004 Royal Rumble. I actually got to see Shawn Michaels against Triple H in that awesome Iron Man match, and then, of course, was the uh, Royal Rumble match itself, which was won by Chris Benoit, which... You know, at the time, obviously, the crowd, the live crowd went nuts when that happened. So that was uh, quite yeah, an event okay. to see. Awesome. Uh, and I person. already uh, answered this this guy for myself because he asked me the same question. Um, but I'll go ahead and let the audience know. Uh, been to several uh, live, live shows. Um, I think the last one I went to uh, was in my hometown, uh, and it was SmackDown. Uh, it was probably 2016, somewhere in that area. Um, never been to a live pay-per-view, though. Uh, just uh, where I live, like, to go to a live pay-per-view from here, I'd have to travel quite a few hours, <laughs> and it'd be worth it. Um, but uh, as I told this gentleman, um, and I don't, he didn't say I could give his name on air, so I'm not going to. Uh, as I told this uh, audience member, um, I'm going to Sunday Stunner next month. Uh, they're coming to my hometown, and... Uh, my daughter actually uh, purchased herself and my and me tickets for that, so it's the first time I've been in quite a few years, and uh, pretty excited about it. So, yeah. All right, sir. So, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you know, actually, no, no, I, I just uh, said nice. Sounds like it's gonna be a fun time. The last time I went for my birthday, so yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Got a good kid when she's sleeping, anyways. All right, so you've been listening to. Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast with your host, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, stay safe, God bless, and God bless America. Thank you all so much.